just as a matter of curiosity, is there anybody in the live audience, and as you listen to the recording, is anybody listening to the recording who has a racehorse worth over a million dollars? If you did have one, let me ask you a question. Would you keep him up half the night letting him drink coffee and booze and smoke cigarettes and eat junk food? Welcome to The Ziggler Show, where we inspire your true performance. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and this show we hear a short message from Zig Ziggler, where he asks this question. If you owned a million-dollar racehorse, would you keep it up half the night, giving it booze, cigarettes, and junk food? If you did, how many races do you think it would win? Would you treat your dog or cat that way? What about yourself? Well, obviously, it's a short, hard-hitting message, and from it, we asked on Facebook this question. What are three key ways you take good care of your physical and mental well-being, treating yourself like a high-valued performer? Well, we got a lot of responses. Tom Ziegler and I talked through them. We started off sharing our own keys uh, here and then read through the responses. And on that note, hey, I invite you. You can join these weekly discussions. Come to Facebook. You'll find me at Agent K as in Kevin, Agent K Miller. And uh, you can be a part of answering these. And we'll read off sometimes your responses. Hey, I'm going to kick off this short message from Zig right after I share some valuable resources with you. All right, folks, here then is this short. It's actually literally a 50 seconds long message from Zig Ziglar. Just as a matter of curiosity, is there anybody in the live audience? And as you listen to the recording, is anybody listening to the recording who has a racehorse worth over a million dollars? If you did have one, let me ask you a question. Would you keep him up half the night letting him drink coffee and booze and smoke cigarettes and eat junk food? (laughs) And if you did, how many races would he win? I think you'd probably agree he wouldn't win very many races. Would you treat a a $10 dog that way? $5 cat? (laughs) What about a billion dollar body? Oh, but that's mine. I'm doing it to me. Well, what you got against you? All right, folks. Well, I think you get the point here. It's a big question, isn't it? Uh, So from the message again, I asked this question. What are three ways you take good care of your physical and mental well-being, treating yourself like a high-valued performer. Here then, Tom Ziegler and I start off sharing our own keys, then read through scores of others. You'll hear some very, very consistent threads here. Here we go. All right, well, Tom, this is obviously a popular question and, and, and should be so. We have an aspiring audience of people out there trying to inspire their true performance. So no surprise that they have some great daily things that they're doing to help themselves physically and mentally. And so I'll put you on the spot. I didn't ask you about this beforehand, though I don't think it'll be a big stretch for you. Uh, if you had to say top three or four for yourself... What would they be? Though I, I will be bold enough to say, oh, I know the first one. Got to be number two, number one or number two. Yeah, two chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got that. Yeah, go. <laughs> so my top three uh, habits that I use to start every day is uh, I get up and get my coffee. So I don't know if that's a habit that I would put in the top three, but Kevin, that's, it makes everything else go better. That's just goodness. 
it's just goodness. Yes. Um, I have my coffee. I go to my office and I do two chairs. So it's a quiet time devotional. I ask myself three questions. God, you know what's going on? Are you God? Are you big enough to handle it? And what's the plan? So I meditate and think on that and listen. Uh, and then the second thing is I do my reading, uh, my devotional, um, and then I do my planning. So performance planner, uh, and I'm doing something with my daughter. Uh, and I'll, I guess I'll know soon if she listens to the podcast. I'm surprising her for Christmas. I'm going to give her a journal, and I've been writing a sentence or maybe two every day. Just a thought for her. You know, what did we do the night before? What did we talk about? An idea, a concept. So that's into my, that was from the essentialism uh, episode that yep. we had. Yep. Yeah. So those are my three, uh, my two chairs, my daily reading uh, and planning. And I'm going to put in number four. I'm writing that journal. Excellent. So, well, and I, I started off on Facebook um, sharing, and I, you know, I said, number one, getting up early in the morning to renew my mind, try to get my mindset and heart right. That is, that's an absolute for me. I actually missed it for the first time in a couple of weeks because I totally forgot about an appointment the other day. And I showed up and I was just discombobulated. I just was, it just took me a while. And it was, I was surprised at myself because I went for a lot of my life not doing that. Now that I have, it is so, so foundational, but I do that. I exercise afterwards, almost again, almost religiously. I do something there. And then, uh, and then I put, you know, just, just eating clean in general is something that I do for myself and then going to bed early. And that one was one that comes up over and over and over and over. So, Hey, I'll just, I'll just dive in here and thanks so much for everybody who posted. We got, I, I wish we could, it's so tempting to just do a two hour show so we can just read through what everybody put. Cause it's so rich, but we'll, we'll do our best here. Well, Dennis Durrell says, um, he says, Sidcha which I'll, I'll, I'll name that here in a second Bible time and clean fuel. And number four is good sleep. Well, Sidcha, we have talked about so often. I need to have this guy back on the show. Joshua Spodek, S P O D E K. He's an astrophysicist. He's a, an adjunct professor at NYU. He's done a billion things. We interviewed him probably a year and a half ago or so. And he talked about the power of the Sidcha self-imposed daily challenging, healthy activity and it is profound because it is not just about the sum of what that activity does for you. It's about the mental training and doing a healthy activity that you do not have to do what it does for the power of your brain, which is so much of the foundation of Ziegler, uh, Tom. I mean, it's a strong message. And I'll tell folks, if you type in Joshua Spodek, Joshua, S-P-O-D-E-K, Sidcha, S-I-D-C-H-A, it'll pop right up there. You'll read the blog. That's what we did the show on. Um, and I think somebody else mentions that in a minute here. Jason Vandehey says regular bedtime, eating healthy, continuing education, road schooling, uh, via audiobooks and podcasts. Well, uh, I think Ziegler made that one famous. Don't you think? Yes. It sounds like, uh, Jason's doing automobile university yeah. and golly, I, it's probably more now, but you know, when dad was quoting it, uh, four hours of driving in a, in a normal metropolitan area would give you three years of equivalent college education. If all you did was choose to listen to the right stuff while you were driving around. Hmm. 
So what a huge advantage, you know, what a way to change uh, a time that can be a wasted time or even in some cases, uh, based on the talk radio that I slide by the dial on sometimes, uh, time that's really bringing you down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bart comments here. He says, number one, getting up well before I need to for work. And number two, not overscheduling my time so I have time for spontaneous activities. Well, interestingly, Larry North, our guest not long ago, he comes right after this. And he, well, I'll give his three. But Larry, in his show, one of the things that stuck out to me is he talked about the fact that as, as much as he has going on in his life, he is not busy. Uh, and he, I've seen some posts on that topic later where he talks about if you're if you're busy you're not managing your time well he has every reason to be busy as busy or busier than anyone uh and so it's interesting to see um bart post that right above larry's post here but not over scheduling time so i have time for spontaneous activities and that's difficult tom i mean you're a business owner you know you can theoretically be your own boss but we i'll, I'll speak for myself i i am am not always good at leaving margin you know, that is something I'm struggling with right now is the margin. Yeah. Um, I am thick in the middle of three or four things and I'm not complaining. I, I love it. Uh, but every now and then, you know, it's like you look longingly at somebody who's like at a baseball game just with that relaxing time of being focused on that. Uh, so there's a lot of wisdom in that. Um you know, one of the principles that dad raised us with is he said to a child, uh, love is spelled T-I-M-E. Yeah. And my goodness, there is no greater thing that we can carve out is that margin time just, just to have with those we love, yeah. just so that life can happen. So I'm pretty impressed. You know, I, I think I might be intimidated by Bart because he he creates margin time so that he has room for spontaneous activity. And then he says his problem is he exercises and trains too much. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many of us have that problem out there. Cause I, I don't have that problem. Yeah. So, uh, but I think we could all take that principle. We could all say, you know what, what, what sucks me into the vortex, right? That I get doing too much. And is that really better for me? I mean, is there a law of diminishing returns on doing too much of even a good thing. And I think there is there, there is, we have an upcoming show with Shalene Johnson, one of the biggest names in the, the fitness and wellness industry. And she talks about that where she got into such a lifestyle of overdoing it and how it was harmful to her health. And she had to back off the very thing that she, in essence, you know, preaches, which, you know, so Larry North, again, a huge name also in the fitness and wellness industry, his three were optimal hormones, clean eating, and meditation and that one, Tom meditation. I feel like we're in this era. Uh, I, I really feel like in the past couple years, even two years where meditation, you did not often hear that was like back with, you know, meditation, yoga, some of these non non-Christian things, uh, is what I grew up in. And now today they're both so mainstream in that aspect of, of meditation. And we've gotten some great people who have uh, been guests who talk about meditation, not in some, you know, hoodoo guru sense, but it's just being present, just taking time 
for silence, uh, to some degree, silence or, or, or thinking on specific things. I think people do it differently, but it's slowing down and taking a moment. And we hear it over and over and over more and more and more from top performers, which to me is a pretty big testimony. Right. And I, and I think, you know, another word I hear a lot is mindfulness, yeah, you know, it's yes. just, just being in tune with what, uh, the emotion that's driving it and what's there. And to me that I think, golly, we, we live in a time where the future is here and the past is here and the present's here all at the same time, all the time. And if you're worried about tomorrow and you feel like your past has hurt you and you're reflecting on the past and the future simultaneously, you can't be in the present. I think the happiest people are the ones that are just totally 100% in the present. And that is... That's difficult. And I wonder what the stats are when we have such an aspiring group like we have here and like you and I are that I am often thinking with eagerness about what's coming next, what I'm working towards and have been, uh, I don't want to use the word accused. I have been challenged with sometimes I'm not in the presence and there's, there's in, in the present time. And, um, that's, that's a, that's a rut. That's a rut that I think, I think is that we can get into. It's hard to get out. I'm meditating on that one currently. Uh, well, Hey, Claudia here, she, this is interesting. She says, so I just resigned from my full-time job, the golden handcuffs to focus on my full-time private practice and on the self-care agenda is this is the opposite of what we're hearing for most people on sleep. Hers is sleeping in, um, which is a new thing for her. You know, that's interesting. Uh, you know, it's summertime. My kids aren't in school. I have literally been doing that. I've been efforting to sleep in a little bit. I do have the margin to still do that and still do my morning time, my morning rituals, uh, but to sleep in. And it's interesting how it's difficult. You know, your body clock is so scheduled in here. Do you ever make the effort to sleep in Tom? I try to sleep in at least one day on the weekend every week. Okay. Uh, the sleep experts are kind of divided on it. Of course, it's great to catch up, uh, but you can't kid yourself. You can't get four hours of sleep uh, six nights a week and then get 12 hours on one day and have the same performance than if you're getting seven and a half hours every day. Uh, it just Your body just doesn't work that way. Yeah. I like the idea of, of sleeping in, and it reminds me of, you know, one of the lessons that I learned, and that is that there's a, there is a, uh, here, here's a concept, and, and I think it applies here. In, in Hebrew, there is no word for um, vacation. There is no word for retirement because both of those words mean everybody is serving me. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there is a word for sabbatical, and sabbatical is that rejuvenation. You know, it's that, it's that time where you, the field is fallow because it's re it's regaining all the nutrients that it needs to support the crop for the upcoming year. And so I kind of like what she's really saying is, man, I'm going to take a little sabbatical. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get refueled. Mm -hmm. And the context is, is that it's not a, it's so I can better serve other people and even serve people during my sabbatical, but I just got to have the resources to serve them with. So I really you know, maybe I'm reading a lot more into it than, than Claudia is saying, but it just made me think about that idea of, Hey, you know, we all need a sabbatical. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, she, she goes on, she has quiet time with God, reading, listening to podcasts, physically moving, clean eating throughout the day. We hear, we're hearing, we're hearing that a lot. Uh, next one is Belinda Wingate. And she says, you know, reading something inspirational, taking time off of social media. So when you talk about sabbatical, Tom, that's one that we are hearing more and more and more and more information, not even just being off of social media, but taking time off of screen. So it's summertime. I've got kids in the house and we have, I'll, I'll tell you what we did. We limited screen time to twice a week, two days a week. They get an allotted amount of screen time. And it is amazing to see what they come up with without having that ability. And I was thinking back to us, Tom, you know, we're about the same age. And when we were my kids, well, I have, I have a lot of kids, as you know, but my, I've got kids that in middle school and grade school, when we were that age, we didn't have the option. I guess we could watch screens all day, but we'd have to sit through boring soap operas. And, you know, there was three channels back then and a, a limited number of shows and today there's not, you have unlimited. And so it is different uh, for them. Yeah. We went out, out of boredom, you know, went out and rode bikes and played in the woods and created things. And now we're having to force the kids to do that, force them to not be off screens. But when they do, they're not on screens. They go do the stuff that we used to do. They go ride bikes, play in the woods, play a game, create something. Um, but that is, you know, we're seeing that as a, I think we're on that uptick of a high of screen usage that now we're seeing the ramifications of and seeing the need to limit it. Um, next one, Matt here, he says, I get up between four 30 and five almost every morning, uh, eating healthy or at least healthier than previously and reading, reading, reading. Okay. The eating thing is, is consistent here again, clean eating. And Tom, you've, I mean, you've gone through a journey with that. Uh, I, I mean, for a while, but you've had some significant experiences with, you know, clean eating, changing your diet over the past couple of years, right? Absolutely. Um, I'm about oh, close to 50, 60 pounds lighter now than I was at my peak. Um, and, and I'll just be real simple. Uh, I, I called the diet pure and simple. And all I did is I didn't eat any processed food or anything that had any chemicals in it. That's what I did. And I went from, you know, 10 glasses of iced tea with, you know, five sweetened lows in each glass to no sweetener. I went from, you know, white bread and everything in, but, you know, everything Twinkies in a wrapper to nothing processed. Mm -hmm. And Kevin, I lost 50 pounds in six months without even trying. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, and so, and I've tried so many different varieties. Like I just came off of a, four months with no, uh, no carbs other than what's found in vegetables, man, you just, you feel great. And that's another way of not eating processed. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I think clean eating is good. Uh, the other thing I thought when we were talking about Larry North is somebody told me, you know, interval training is awesome because you can literally have a 20 or 25 minute workout every day. And every week you will be in better shape than you were the previous week because as your fitness improves, you're able to do just a little bit more in the intervals. Mm -hmm. And so that to me worked really, really well for quite a while. Um, just every time I went out to do an interval session, you know, I would just try to do a personal best and I was measuring my heart rate. And so my goal was I would work on a physical strength or a cardio 
machine, get my heart rate up to that number. And then I would go back into walking mode until my heart rate came down. And I'd do that for 22 minutes. 22 minutes was my time. And, and my heart rate would take longer to get up and it would come down faster the more I went into the program. So my yeah. time never changed, but my fitness level changed. Yeah. And so that pure and simple diet with, you know, just this idea of, Hey, I'm going to go 22 minutes and I'm going to, I'm going to work, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get going. And it, it worked great for me. I need to get back into that. It's been a while since I've done the interval training, but it was, and I, guys, I was not like moving masses of amounts of steel that I could hurt myself with. I'm talking elliptical and, you know, and simple, uh, you know, squats with no weight, you know, I mean, just that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That is significant. And, and there is more and more studies on the, on the intervals, on more of the high intensity of what it does for us overall. Uh, well, Terry Johnson here says, uh, I am up early before 5am every morning. I pray before leaving bed. Well, that reminded me of, of course, Ziegler's close friend, especially in the last year, Michael Jr. And that was one of the things that stuck out from the interview. I think, you, did you and I do that together? Was it you and I, or was it Mark Tim? You and, you and Mark did, did Mark that. Did Mark and I do it? Okay. But one of the things that Michael said that stuck with me is that he tries, he endeavors to hit his, out of bed in the morning, to hit his knees before his feet and pray and give thanks. Uh, and Terry relates that here. He says, I pray before leaving the bed, then get up and write at least three entries in my gratitude journal. Then do a quick five minute meditation, focus closely on detailed things I'm grateful for and process those pop in thoughts and uh, quickly deal with them mentally and file them away in separate mental folders. I never touch technology before doing the above such a clean way to start the day, but that right there, I mean, you're talking to get up, to say a prayer, to write three entries in a gratitude journal. You're talking what Tom, I mean, you could do that in five minutes, three minutes, maybe. Yeah. And that deposit, I mean, again, back to your statement, quickest way to success, replace a bad habit with a healthy habit. That is such a small one. It, all of it, it's so attainable. We can all do three minutes, five minutes. And if that's it, because I, I wonder, as we talk about this, if it seems overwhelming to so many people who are so busy with work and kids and, you know, life maintenance that it feels overwhelming to do that. But I mean, you know, this, you've seen this, you've grown up in this Tom, the power of a handful of minutes every day. That's right. And, and let me say this, uh, every now and then, and, and I think we all have this where there'll be a stretch of nights where we just don't get enough sleep mm-hmm. and we get up and we've got the grr going on, right? Grr, you know, because, part of the reason you're not sleeping is things you couldn't avoid. And part of the reason you're not sleeping is because there are tasks undone and things that aren't working out. And so you've got this anxiousness and that gratitude thing is the antidote. I will literally go in, do my two chairs and I will flip to the back of my planner and I have my long gratitude list. And then I'll, I might even rewrite names of people I'm grateful for and things that I'm grateful for. And then I will be the good finder and I'll start thinking of all the things that are going right. And that will, for me, that that's a great little practice that I have in my back pocket when the day's not going the way it should. And I will pull that out and salvage a day. I, I, as I listen to you, Tom, I really, I need to do better with that. I think I, I, I spend time 
you know, in gratitude, but I'm not as intentional with that. Even in the mornings, I'm looking for, you know, direction. I'm looking for answers. I'm looking for uh, praising my heavenly father, but um, to really write down the gratitude. I, I could do better than that. I'm going to take that as my as my charge for the day from this show. And thanks to these sponsors for bringing us today's show. Um, Jason Vandehey here says, this is something I'm looking into specifically a physical challenge. And he references Joshua Spodek and the Sidcha series. And I wondered if Jason got that from us or if he just found it and brought it here. Either way, Jason, this would be a resounding yes. Go check it out, everybody. Again, it's, it's a, such a powerful, powerful message. Um, Zoe here says, spending time in the Word to set the day in the right direction, number one. Number two, move throughout the day. Number three, eat well. Cut out, as you said, Tom, as much processed food and chemicals as possible. Number four, get to sleep early. The Miracle Morning is great for this uh, generally, uh, I think miracle morning, I think it's a book, um, that she's referencing there, but getting to sleep early. I mean, again, it's worth a mention, Tom. I mean, we know that the, the, the key to getting up early is, uh, getting to bed early. That is just a cultural, it's kind of like I, I, my wife and I spent a few years being vegan, no animal products, which is socially ridiculous. I mean, you just can't eat out. You can't eat, you can't go to somebody's house. You can't go to a potluck. You can't eat out. I mean, it's socially ridiculous. And this today's culture going to sleep early, it really is difficult. We have so much that happens after the sunset, so much of life, you know, with the school schedule, with the work schedule, uh, in our culture that it's hard to get away from. Even if you're self-employed, you're still, you know, that's still when people are doing business you get home, you do dinner, and then, my gosh, you need to do some home maintenance, some life maintenance, some relationship maintenance, check in with the kids, check in with your spouse. Um, uh, and you want a minute to just, oh, can I just have some rest first? I can give myself a brain break. And all of a sudden, it's, it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And I think we keep getting later, again, with the, with the exposure or the opportunity for so many screens. I just wanted, I guess I want to recognize it, it is hard. That is not an easy thing. Yeah. I, uh, boy, let me just tell you last night, I went to bed early, got to bed at nine, fell asleep by nine 30 and at 10 o'clock, um, my wife Chacha, she's there, she's getting to bed. And then like, right after she puts her head on the pillow, her text starts going off Oh no! and she was, she, this is fun, right? So she's on a group text and now everybody's responding uh -huh. and I don't know what she does. It's like that show, you know, where the or the, the speaker level, they, they put 11, you know, it didn't go to 10. It went to 11. Yeah. Her iPhone goes to 11 on the ding, ding, ding thing it, you know, and, and so it is, it's hard to get to sleep. It's like some people, it's the first time they have to take a breather. And so they connect, uh, to yeah. me, it's like, gosh, I love, I love being gone to the world by nine 30. So that when I get up at five, I've yeah. just got that, you know, Oh, let's go get it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, just, just recognizing folks, if you're hearing that and going, man, that is difficult. It is, it really, it's the big sacrifice. It is for me. I've got older kids who want to be up in the evening and to yeah, hit nine o'clock, nine 30 and say, Hey, my daddy's done is difficult. I do it most nights. Every once in a while I fall off, man. Is it uh well, it was your testimony, Tom, you, you said this not long ago in one of the shows that uh, your dad Zig was, was known for nine 30 would hit 
And what did he say? How did he present it to everybody? <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter who was in the room. It could be family, it could be guests, it could be friends. And he'd look, he'd stand up and he'd say, I don't know what y'all are going to do, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. And he would say good night. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, I, that, I took that to heart. I'm trying to rest in that testimonial. Um, Christine here says, take yourself a hundred percent off the grid for at least 10 days every year. This goes back to sabbatical. Another thing, Tom, that I think or that I think culturally we've gotten away from because that is not vacation. Uh, if, if folks are like me, when we go on vacation, like a family vacation, it's a huge effort. You know, the, the planning, the travel, the kids, the, the everything that is not off the grid. That is not a sabbatical. I have to take time for myself 10 days a year. I don't know if I, man, I may come close to that, but that's, that, that probably goes along with the, the, the new phenomenon somewhat of meditation and of those things of taking time just to recuperate, not just relief. You know, relief is coming in at night, kicking your shoes off and watching a little TV and that's okay. But this is recuperation, renewal. Yeah, that word that you use, I mean, sabbatical, who uses that word, Tom? That's kind of a, that's, that's kind of a religious term. You know, a pastor may take a sabbatical. Regular people don't take sabbaticals that I, you know, that we're used to hearing of. It's, yeah, years ago, I talked to an individual. They were an attorney, and they, he had five other partners. And what they did is they were all partners, and they paid each other like this to where every six years you could take a whole year off. So wow. they had a, so they built in this rotation yeah. of a one year sabbatical. That, How cool is that? That is, that's, well, it's unprecedented. I think most people will hear that and say, Oh my gosh, I can't do that. Well, I'll have, I'll have to give a quick testimonial to that for a while. My, my wife ran an organization called mommy sabbatical and it was focused at, at moms, of course, but it was, uh, gosh, what was the slogan? It was, uh, take time, take time away for yourself in essence. So you can better love those that, you know, better love those that, those that you love. I, I I'm botching it there, but it was focused on getting away. So she started doing that and we both started doing that and we're not super consistent, but the idea was every three to six months that we would get away by ourselves, by ourselves, not, not together separately, get away and get a, I, I just call it a family sabbatical because it's a sabbatical away from being a dad, from being a spouse, uh, from being a, a, a worker. Uh, and it's just time for me. And I, I enjoy it. I mean, I go out and do long runs, long rides. I'll watch a good movie. I'll get some good food, but I'll also just take time to renew. Um, and man, it's hard to do. It's hard not to feel guilty for it. And yet when we see the power of it, I think we would say, gosh, my, my family deserves for me to get away. My, and my kids will testify to this for me to get away so I can come back renewed. But it's, yeah, our, again, our culture doesn't make a lot of space for this. I mean, Tom, as you're reading over these, and I know we're getting long in the show here, there's so many of them that testify to the same thing. And folks, I would, I would really uh, encourage you. I think it was, it's at my Facebook page, Agent K. Miller. And I think it was posted on, uh, July 9th is when I posted this. There are so many responses and people responded to each other, but so much that goes right back to, to Ziegler, Tom. And so, and, and right back to the habit shows that we do of people, of the value that they put on this daily, these daily routines, but we got to admit when we look at them, you're reading through them, 80% of them, 
or more, 90, talk about the morning, don't they? I mean, that's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's the right. So give us an insight. What did, what did Ziggs, where did he fall in this? What were the morning rituals for him? Oh, okay. So here is, in fact, I, I may have shared it on the last podcast. I, I don't recall, but new revelation. Somebody asked me, okay, what was your dad's secret? Mm-hmm. And of course, what are secrets? It's a secret is simply something you don't know. But this question was in the context of what is it that made your dad who he was? I mean, what set him apart? What was it that gave him consistency for all those years? And so I'm reading and I read Proverbs 11.25. So I'm looking it up because whenever I'm going to quote a scripture, I'm going to make sure that I get it uh, exactly mm-hmm. right. So Proverbs 11.25, and today is July 11th. So for those of you who uh, read through the Bible in Proverbs, some people do it where you read a proverb a day. Yeah. So this was in today. So you're ready. Here it is. Here was the secret. Whoever brings blessings will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. So the ultimate ritual, the ultimate habit, the ultimate thing that dad did that I think was his secret is when he read and prayed and studied and researched the three hours that he did every day, this was his motivation, his intention to learn something new that he could internalize and then simplify and share so that it would impact somebody else's lives so that they could be, do, and have more. So his motivation, his motive was to learn something that he would then share that would change their life. And so that last, the, the uh, Proverbs 11.25b, you know, that's the second half of that verse. And one who waters will himself be watered. Mm. If your goal is to go out and water your family, water your friends, water your company, water your community, water those who you come across with life-changing truth, with hope and encouragement, with insight, with wisdom, you're going to get water all over you. Mm -hmm. It's just impossible not to get wet. So that was the simplicity of the secret behind Zig Ziglar. Okay. And so I totally get that. I do want to ask something on that though, Tom, um, because as you know, you know, and you know, I, you know, a lot of people like this and you may have been one of these people at one point that we can hear even a message like that. And the focal point is, I'm going to put it in the aspect you said, watering a pouring out and pouring out that I get up and today I want to pour out on people that is holy and righteous and true and good pour out. And what we pour out, what we sow is what we will reap, what we will get back so much though. And I'm going to ask you to, uh, ponder this with me so much. Of what we've talked today is almost a starting with filling up with that aspect that has come to mind more in my life in recent years of, I also, I get so focused on pouring out, but I can't pour out what I don't have within me. And so as we talk about these morning rituals and these times of take in, uh, even with your dad, so he's spending that time reading, he's filling himself up, filling himself up so that he can pour out. It seems like there's another piece in that analogy too of, yeah, we're pouring out, we're watering, but we can't pour out what we don't have within us, which is why we're taking this time with God. We're taking this time to meditate 
And, uh, that's just one. Yeah. Going back again to my wife, that's what she saw, especially with moms where they would just pour out, pour out and pour out. So they were empty, just decimated. And that that doesn't work either. We've got to take that time to pour in and not look at that as what narcissistic selfish that that's, that's needed. Our family needs us to be full. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and what I said was his motive is the purity of it. Okay. You know, if I sit at home and I'm reading all this stuff and taking it all in, you know, and I'm going through the next get rich quick program and, you know, how to hundred X and thousand X and million X and all these different things. And the reason I'm doing it is because I want the Ferrari and I want all, you know, I want the trappings and the bling and all that stuff, man, the, the, the results usually take a long time to come and it wears off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and the, the motive isn't pure. And, and so if, if we're successful in getting that stuff, we don't end up being the right kind of person in the, in the process. Cause our motive wasn't right. If our motive's right. And we know that it takes a long time to water a plant, right? To an oak tree that's going to shade, you know, the neighborhood gathering takes, you know, generations to grow. That was kind of dad's approach, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he, 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 he did these things and then he learned along the way, wait a second. I mean, who's winning the most here? Well, I, I I'm kind of winning here. Mm-hmm. And so that was his, that was his motive. I mean, you know, just coming clean yesterday morning, I, it was just a struggle. It was, it was not enough sleep. It was all this stuff. And then I get on the phone with this young guy and he says, your daddy's the reason I quit trying to commit suicide. (laughs) That'll change your paradigm. And then he says, five minutes later, he says, the last time I was at home with my abusive alcoholic father, the last time I visited my house, I was listening to your dad talk about reprogramming your mind. And my father started making fun of me, Mm. mocking me. Mm And he said, I walked out of the house with listening to your dad and I haven't been back. Goodness. And it just shakes you to the core. Wait a second. What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And then later in the day, I talked or the next call, Kevin, the next call, I reconnected with a college friend and I said, you know, how can I help? What can I do for you? And this is literally what he said. He said, Tom. He said, I look at my wife and it's amazing. My kids are making good decisions. I'm a pastor and the church is going great and I'm doing what I love. When I went to college, I was lost and I didn't know what to do. And I came home one weekend with you and your dad looked at me across the couch and led me to Christ. And he said, no longer was my choice, either doctor or lawyer. I became a minister. Your family taught me how to be a parent taught me how to be a husband (laughs) i just wow i get blown away yeah and you know what it's not the complicated stuff right it's why are you here what's your purpose and what's your motivation for doing it so dad internalized you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want he internalized he believed it so intently that was the reason that he invested three hours a day in that not because he wasn't afraid of not being the best speaker that ever lived, but 
because he was convicted that there would be one more person in the room. If he could just make that message just a little clearer, just a little simpler, that their life would be changed. And I talked to two people yesterday back to back after having a little emotional pity party about how tough things are and their lives were changed because the message was so simple that they took action on it. Wow. Well, so. I think we'll wrap right there because I don't think we can up that anymore. There you go, folks. That's inspiring your true performance. There it is at its best. Tom, man, as always such a gift to do this and uh, such a gift to hear your heart. Thank you, brother. Well, friends, I'm sure you heard some confirming comments for healthy habits you're already employing in your life, but probably got motivated to add some more or further further commit to, to some others. Well, here's to you, folks, treating yourself like a high performer. And if you got value from the show, you know I want you to help us out. Leave a review in iTunes. Mention that specific show, what you got out of it, and help other people tune in to The Ziggler Show. And I'll let you know what's coming up in our next show right after I share some great resources with you. Well, coming up in show 595, we're back with Ryan Levesque, our guest in show 593, where we got his personal development story, then got into his ask method, where the point is asking your customers or prospects what they want and giving it to them. Simper and uber powerful, but not easy, which is why you need to listen to the show. In this show coming up, though, we follow the seven spokes of the Ziggler Wheel of Life and hear what healthy habits Ryan employs to keep him succeeding and achieving and overcoming. You'll hear how he had a big health scare at the age of 30 when he was diagnosed with juvenile type 1 diabetes. Yeah, juvenile. Uh, it's, it's quite a story. You'll also hear that for pure joy, he's an admitted AFOL, adult fan of Legos. I never heard that before. So really fun conversation and just powerful. So till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.